0: Welcome to episode 430 and 4 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. He is stretching his arms (laughs) like a newborn baby who's welcoming himself into the world. That's Russell John the Fisher.
1: Good morning. How are you? It
0: is morning. 10 a.m. record. How we feeling, little sleepy baby? Very tired. (laughs) By the way, this was y'all's request. Yeah. I get it. It's doing- I'm tired every morning I wake up but I I gotta get up. That's true. You got your coffee. We, we got a iced coffee situation no. or just a little of that heavy
1: grain? No, and because I still try to do that intermittent shit. Yeah. It's mostly a black coffee too. Okay. Which people like, but man, it rips up my stomach.
0: Now let me ask you this. Are you doing uh do you do any sort of butter in your coffee or was that a phase or I is- used to.
1: Okay. Uh it was I liked it, but man, it fucked up the um the like yeti thing I had, the um, thermal container. Uh-huh. It, it got like a nice black char all over the inside of it. How? From the butter. It was what? weird. Yeah. It was weird. And I used to try and scrub it out and it would come off in like metallic looking. Ch- it was gross. I don't, I don't do it anymore.
0: I don't know why you're getting space butter. <laughs> <What the
1: hell? laughs> also
0: joining us is Randy Michael Stat from Atlanta, Georgia. Randy.
2: Yes, sir. What's up? What's up, dude? Chilling, dude. Early show. Just hanging out. You know, I went on a little run this morning. uh, Half run, half walk. About a little over five miles. But uh, yeah, I'm chilling.
0: I call those, uh, you know, uh, walks with attitudes.
2: (laughs) Sure. Yeah, me too.
0: Don't look at me. (laughs) How many steps you get in, Randog? Uh,
2: I think about like 1,100. 1,100. 11,000. I was about to say 1100. Would you go to the kitchen <laughs> yeah. and back? Come on, yeah. bro. It was yeah, It's over uh, five miles. I uh, surprisingly was able to not slow down slash stop for about two and a quarter miles. So I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm getting getting better.
0: Okay, you heard it here first. Randy runs his first marathon by the end of the calendar year. That'd
2: be cool. Definitely not. You know why? Because you run in fucking vans or
0: whatever, dude.
2: Nah, new balances. I got uh, new insoles that are uh, good support for high arches, which I've finally admitted that I have. Uh, and I think that's what <laughs> contributes to my uh, leg pain in my right my right foot. So uh, they actually felt very good.
0: Is that something you and your therapist have been working on, that you, you're finally admitting that you have high arches?
2: I don't have one yet, but yeah, that'll probably be one of the big subjects.
0: Yeah, thanks for committing to the bit.
2: <laughs> also joining us is Oksana Valerinova oh, Osachi
1: shit.
0: behind the wall. Hi. <laughs> Oksana, what's going on? Um, Russell recently pressured me into buying some running shoes, even though I have I no intention of running ever. What kind of shoes did you purchase? Pumas. <gasps> Pumas? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Very nice. Tight. You can feel the breeze through the top of them. I'm not used to it. Oh, they call me the Breeze. (laughs) Leonard Skinner. No, Puma's very nice. I have my uh, Puma driving shoes uh, that are uh, very uh, European and gay. (laughs) (laughs) They are. I'm
1: not giving you
0: an I thought you drove barefoot. They look cool, though. No. Who drove? No. Why not? Because that's not what cool Europeans do. And you know I want to be cool European.
1: That's what Fred Flintstone does, dude.
0: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh Oh, I discovered a new form of uh, racing. That's cool. Can you Google something? Yeah. What do you want? Stadium super trucks. <laughs> Randy, Google this
2: too. And tell me that
0: this isn't the coolest thing you've ever seen.
2: This is different than the other racing thing you sent me earlier this week? D- also, uh,
0: what Randy's referring to is that sometimes uh, I watch cool stuff on Instagram and some Randy videos. And this was a double decker Formula. Uh, There's a uh, double decker Grand Prix in Britain where they're, take, they're racing on a Formula One track with double decker buses. Oh, this appetite. shit does
1: look cool. Yeah, it is. This not American?
0: Stadium Trucks.
1: It has to be American, right? Yeah, Charlotte, North Carolina. Do people die? Not that I know of.
0: <laughs> explain, explain to the uh, listeners what you're looking at here.
1: Um, it looks like a video game that was licensed by Hot Wheels, and you drive around a track, and every turn you hit a jump. These trucks are getting uh, very high in the air. The suspension is crazy. Yeah, weird.
0: Dude, I, what do you think they're... Dude, they're
1: clearing what? Look at that picture down 15, there. 15, 20 like feet? Double the height of the other trucks. It's crazy. Yeah, it's cool. I bet they make no money, right? No. Yeah.
0: But isn't it, it's cool to look at. Yeah. And they're trucks,
1: and they fly. Do they still do destruction derbies? Oh, yeah. I've never been to one. I heard it, they kind of suck. I heard the people that do them are kind of crazy.
0: They have to be.
1: But not in like, these are rough, I don't know. These are I, rough and tumble people. I grew up with um, pro wrestling, so I always think you know everybody's in on it. But I heard those the, the destruction derby people are like, and they got bloodlust like they're actually out there to hurt each other and if Maybe. you're new they'll they'll like fuck you up
0: well you got to get ingratiated into the process
1: yeah uh, yeah I it's guess. a blood yeah. oath <laughs> you know but there's like the type it's not of a game they'll lose their arm in the car and then like you know work it into the grill <laughs> give it some uh blood power
0: did you never like a, did you watch a lot of monster truck
1: stuff no I don't like cars. You never cared about trucks? And no, stuff? I never got into As a it. kid? No. Come on, dude. Did you? What about I, I yeah. know I know you Hell yeah. like, you y'all watched a Netflix documentary and got into cars. No, <laughs> right. I think most boys play with some sort of That's true. cars. You yeah, didn't do the never, Hot Wheels no, thing? No, I don't give a fuck.
0: Interesting. I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say I cared about cars, but like Hot Wheels and stuff, it's like that didn't turn me into like you know I'm I'm reading up about the new Chevy Impala,
1: yeah. I didn't turn turn into Doug Demuro. I found the um the confines of a track limiting. I hated racing games and I hated like Hot Wheels on those like yeah. That's because you it.
0: hate process and you hate organization I, and you hate efficiency.
1: <laughs> no, I like uh, I got to think outside the box. I don't like those strict parameters. Also,
0: what uh, about what about like. I did Drag have, racing. Like, like,
1: no. Like dirt not Now that track. you're talking about men in wigs, I'm not into it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> no, and you know, the thing is, I did have vehicles. I had, like, the pizza shooter, the Ninja Turtle thing.
2: Oh, yeah. But they
1: had to be big enough to have, like, utility. Like, people had to be able to get in it. There's utility here. they are trucks. Man, the Hot Wheels shit used to- You could me. haul a futon in the back. No, but, like, Hot Wheels, like the little toy. Nah, no, I didn't fuck with Oh, no, you know what I did like to do? Legos. We used to play a game where you would build a car and then we would just like roll them at each other and try to win, yeah. like destroy the other one. That's the only time. Well, there you go. Yeah. Or like Mario Kart, like that. Who doesn't like Mario Kart? <laughs> Randy, probably. No, Randy. Randy I like and I Mario played Mario Kart Mar- back in the day.
0: Randy and I played Mario Kart at your house, dude. Did you? Yeah. It's probably true. When we hacked. Uh...
1: That's a fever dream. Nope.
0: I had that modded. Uh Super Nintendo, and I brought uh, it over yeah, to yeah. your house before we were recorded. Okay, I believe it. Thank you. So much. I had you one, get one of three? those
2: for a while, then I gave it away.
0: You, Anthony, Kiedis'd it. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah, I was, it was thinking under about the bridge too. <laughs> oh
1: my oh God. Double
2: <laughs> you, dip. You it. gave it to a
0: homeless person.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they could probably it.
1: use it.
0: This episode's hot as a chili
1: pepper, right. boys. <laughs> Early AM recording. All right. It's um, a shame this is our last episode. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm about to self-delete right now. <laughs> um, it's June 17th, 10 a.m. It's what, Sunday? Saturday. Saturday. Uh-huh. That's the other problem. Yeah, we're going to a wedding tomorrow, so we had to move oh, everything around. you're going to a wedding on Father's Day? Yeah, I know. Last minute, too. I don't know what's going on over there, but. Interesting. Yeah, they gave us notice, what, last week. So we're like, all right, you know, fuck it. I'm I'm pretty social, not when it comes to family. What do you mean Stop they gave you notice? You did you not receive an invitation in the mail? Uh, via second hand via text. Oh my lord! That's how like quick this one was. That's what it's like. Uh, fuck it, we're gonna do it though. Okay, yeah, we're game. Um, talking about film, I mean, God damn, this week it was busy. Yet I feel like I didn't. I don't have anything to show for it. I uh, I d- also don't know if I'm supposed to talk about this. So it's not to cut me off if I can't. But um. I did get a sneak peek, an early sneak peek at the new Fear Footage movie. Yeah, which uh, I don't know. Oksana was saying the link might not work for you, but I'm gonna try and get it to you too. Probably today. Yeah we'll how
0: fort- how how convenient the link will not work for me.
1: Well, <laughs> Mister Ricky, he's very uh, you know, Ricky, send me a damn one. <laughs> we'll get it to you. I, I'm you know I'm not gonna talk about it. I'll just say I really like. It. So keep an eye out. Yeah. Ricky's quick. When the movie's done, he's putting it out there to get, like, an initial pulse on it and probably, like, blurbs for the trailer, really. And then that thing's going to probably hit the ground running. Hey, Ricky, so.
0: Ricky, don't mess around, okay? Because yeah. if 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 our, if our listeners remember correctly, of course, we're talking about Ricky Umberger from the uh, the Fear Footage franchise. Yeah. Triple F, as we call it around the house. <laughs> Thank you so much, <laughs> the thing with Ricky is what you got to remember is that Russell, where's Ricky from? He's from Baltimore, and what do we call Baltimore? Found footage capital
1: of the world. Yeah, pretty much.
0: I mean, it is it is the Mesopotamia of found footage.
1: You know, it's you crazy how how many uh, stories have come out of there. What we had, um, uh, butterfly kisses came out of there. Rest in peace. Yep. And then we had the fear footage, and then of course Blair Witch. I I will give people two little hints. There's more. Hints. There are the wire. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that would be great. I would love that. A found footage wire. I, I love it whenever like shows do a little like vignette of in world camera shit. Last night on Drag Race when we watched it All Star season eight, they, they had a challenge that was a faux forensic files, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is all in world camera. It was it was good. Um, two things. One. We do get a little uh, cameo from our TBR buddy, Thomas Burke, in the new Fear footage. Oh, boy. So when that comes out, keep an eye out.
0: Yeah, Tommy B's turning hes, he's turning movie star now, dude.
1: I know. And he's, he's doing getting, a lot in front of the camera.
0: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's getting on the other side
1: now. Um, Instead of behind in the shadows with his cigarettes in his editing bay. And my favorite thing about the new movie is it's a return to the anthology format. Like the first one. So keep an eye out for that. We love anthologies here. Also, I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, God, I only got two movies this week. I know. Yeah, we're kind of short on it. It's fine. It'll be fun. I I rewatched Hell House LLC. Hell House. And I'll tell you again, uh, there are two versions out there. The Director's Cut, which is available on DVD through, um, I think it was through the partnership with um, uh, Found Footage Critic, right? Is that what the website? How did I forget? I don't know. Yes. Thank you. Michael Steinberg. I, I think when he partnered with Steven Cognetti, they put out that DVD. Terrible color. Oh, We remember that classic partnership. And honestly, not the better version of the movie. So buy it to own it, but it's still on Amazon Prime in all its glory. And uh, when I rewatched it, it fucking holds up. I think we watched it at like 11 a.m. too. Movie's still fucking scary. It's a scary movie. Yeah, it's very well. It's made. a good movie. And I think part four is coming out, too. Don't know about, I can't confirm that, but I've heard rumblings about it. Why, why should there not be? I don't know. <laughs> Diminishing returns, maybe? Keep it going. <laughs> you know, I will give it to Steven that each uh, installment in that franchise, there's always at least one or two good scares. But you can feel that he didn't want to make a found footage movie in two and three. The exposition is thick.
0: Hell House LLC origins is listed on his IMDB.
1: Oh God. Okay. Yeah. And IMDB never lies. So <laughs> we learned that from End Zone 2.
0: It sounds we, like it's found footage too.
1: I of course it is. It's
0: found yeah. footage and origin story. Come on, bro. We gotta know. check the boxes. I All right. Know. It's 2023. We gotta move tickets. You understand?
1: <laughs> Virtual ones. Dollars yeah.
0: cents. It's probably a shutter exclusive. Yeah, definitely. And the and the last one? In, yeah, the third the only, one was
1: yeah.
0: How's the first? I think I I think I bought the first. I had the first one, but I, I think I just ripped it off of the, the iTunes.
1: Yeah. Also, if you're new to the show, we've had Stephen Cognetti and Ricky Umberger on here twice each. That's right. We should do a round table they're both on part four of the franchise. Ooh, a found footage roundtable. Speaking of found footage franchises, uh, what the hell is uh, Nigel Box' new one? Alien <laughs> Agenda. Alien Agenda. It's pretty good. Um, did you see the cover of it? No, dude. Oh, man, what happened? <laughs> now, we're so we're so behind on like the Bad Ben shit. Also, I, as a
0: reminder, I, I don't think we say this enough, so I'm going to do it now. People need to understand that Nigel Bach, you know, and his massive commercial success as he finds himself in now, he would be nowhere without the Overlook Out. <laughs> we were the first ones to bring him in. We were the first podcast he ever did. Also, do you guys remember? We were literally the first people on the planet to watch Stillmanville Road.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, Nigel, I think he still follows me on Instagram, too. Which I had to kind of browbeat him into, but it's my proudest. Nigel's moment. our boy and our property. Thank you very much. I'm trying to find the. There's an alien agenda poster out there that is gnarly. And it's on found footage critic. The full. I see the banner, but not the poster. The Eric banner? Yeah, let me just show you the banner and then we can move on. I know Randy covered a few Bad Band movies this week, so I'm excited <laughs> to hear his thoughts.
2: <laughs> oh, man. I also, think. Did, speaking of aliens and uh, in world cameras, you see the video I sent you? No, you know what? When I opened
1: this chat today, I'm like, wait, how did I miss all of this shit? Okay. So, yeah, w- w- yeah what, what, what did you put in there?
2: Uh, so we talked about that uh, alien uh, sighting alleged in Vegas from last week. Yeah. And one of the, so you see pieces of his body cam footage in like that news uh that you sent. Yeah. But um, they released like a 30 minute, like uncut clip. Of uh, his body cam footage, like essentially getting the call and uh, going to like driving straight to the house. It's a lot of just driving, but it's cool because once they get to the house, he talks to the people and he's like, you know, one of my uh, one of my other guys reported that he saw this too. And then uh, a second cop shows up to the house and they kind of trade places. And so the guy whose body cam footage we're following, he just goes uh driving around the neighborhood like with his like light on the uh on the <laughs> car and like he runs into like a couple people and he's like I'm just looking for the aliens. It's kind of just funny. He's kind of just like yeah walk or er, not walking driving around the neighborhood and uh you know obviously he doesn't see anything but I was like kind of uh I don't know it's not <laughs> like it's kind of spooky. Yeah. So like put yourself yeah. in his like mindset, you know, just like driving around potentially going to see an alien in a field by yourself.
0: Randy, here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to take that footage. And when, you know, you said there's a lot of him driving around, correct? Correct. When he is driving around, overlay in the audio clips of the Overlook Hour. (laughs) (laughs) To where we're talking about him driving around. This is called Meta Cinema.
1: And then do what with it? Sell it to A24 <laughs> for three million dollars. All
0: right. I'm lowballing myself here.
1: Yeah, those those dudes keep popping up. Like um, they keep turning down interviews and they've gotten I've heard that the internet harassment has gone crazy with them. Where hmm. people are telling them they're lying and yeah, the people threatening them. Yeah, the family. They seem like nice people. They seem like sober too. Oh, which yeah. is the thing, like, cause immediately you're like three dudes working on a car at night seeing alien, yeah, what were they doing? Well,
0: here's the other part of that if you're sober if too. you're sober these days, especially in Vegas, that's suspect <laughs>
1: <laughs> Have you been to like the residential area around like Vegas at all? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's bleak. it's yeah. not fun uh what do you what do you got out there? Boulder City? I've spent some time out there in Boulder City, <laughs> Nevada. I just remember in various churches I went to um what I would consider the scariest corner store in my life out there in Las Vegas. Yeah. It looked like you were going into a hunt that was themed after like a dungeon. Interesting. Like bars were thick on those windows. Yeah. Also I was on a scooter and it might've been a child, but you were on a scooter. Yeah. Like a razor. Not oh, yeah. I thought you meant like <laughs> no. a Vespa No.
0: or a uh, Honda monkey. I'm thinking about getting a Honda monkey. <laughs> Google that, throw it up there. Look at the Honda monkey. You know what it is? It's a no. mini bike.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah, I see
0: it. They're it's, fucking cool. It's though. Dumb. No, they're not. They're awesome. Also, thank you for removing the uh, super truck thing, because I just kept looking at the trucks and I got distracted. <laughs> Look at the Honda monkey. Isn't it cool? No. Why? You're not know. a bike guy. Do you ever have a dirt bike? No. Have you ever I been like on four dirt bikes? Wheels. Yeah, I, 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 I'm with you on that. Four-wheeler all the way. Have you ever been on a four-wheeler, Russell John? An ATV? A quad?
1: <laughs> I don't want anybody rushing me when I talk about the blackening at the end of this episode. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just telling you I'm setting the now. table.
0: What? This is the <laughs> intro. We, we, Randy's got one movie. I've got two movies that I may spend five minutes on. Oh, cool. Hell yeah. I'm excited. Just because you got your
1: little Saturday morning grumpies on right now, dude. No, I, I, in the back of my head is always the clock ticking of the baby asleep. Is it? Yeah. Interesting. That's when you get the shit done baby, the
0: baby clock. The baby, yeah. All right. Speaking of the baby clock, we go to Atlanta, <laughs> Georgia. I don't know what the segue is there. <laughs> Me neither. But uh, just imagine one on your own. Randy Michael, did you rub elbows with Richard Kelly this
2: week? No, no celebs, just uh local friend Christian. Ah, uh, how's how's our boy Christian doing? He's doing good. Yeah, we uh hung out and uh we uh I guess we'll announce it now. We're we're starting a podcast together. Hey now about music and uh records and stuff. So uh we've been recording roughly every Friday for the last couple of weeks. We're banking. A bunch because I'm going to be gone for a weekend soon, and he, I think eventually we'll have a tour with Clot in uh, July.
0: How many? How many? How many uh, episodes you guys uh, recorded?
2: I think we just did five.
0: Cinco. What are we running?
2: Thirty minutes an hour. Three hours. You rogan it. It's uh sporadic in time. I don't know. I think one is like an hour there's one that's probably like two thirty something like that so two thirty what the
1: hell I was thinking you were gonna go a half hour honestly you, you mean two no. minutes
2: and thirty seconds
1: two hours and thirty what well hold on ma- H is happening here what's
2: the format uh yeah, if, so if, the, if
1: you can get into it yeah yeah
2: i don't I don't care it's uh I probably should start promoting it anyways it's called the vinyl floor, and essentially the idea was that Christian and his wife, Hannah, have a pretty big record collection, a lot of which are Christians. But, um, you know, when you uh, sort of get in a rut musically, you just listen to the same records all the time. So he's like, I want a project where I actually have to listen to everything that I own. Um, And he decided to uh, do a podcast where we essentially are going through uh, from start to finish the record collection and listening to each of them and kind of talking about each record. And so sometimes it's one full band. We talk about like five or six records from one band. And sometimes it's like, Oh, you get a noise record. You get like a pop punk record. You get a metal record all on the same thing. So it's fun so far.
1: Do you play the music on the podcast?
2: No, because uh, we'll get flagged.
1: Would you really? Can you hum the melody? I know on YouTube they and again it a lot of that is tied into monetization, but I don't know why yeah. I struggled with that word. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like you could get away with it on a podcast, or you could recreate it with an eight-bit Casio. I just I feel like the trouble there would be um, articulating music that might be hard to find because I imagine from looking yeah. at the piercings Christian has that he has a uh, rare record collection.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, most Always of it has on folks, Spotify yeah. so far or I've been able to find uh, everything so he generally he'll listen to the physical records and then I'll find stuff on Spotify and listen to it make notes and cool. stuff and then we are also have uh, we've done one episode so far where we, where we covered some of my uh, records that I have here but most of my stuff is still in Pleasanton, California but we, uh, we're going to switch off every, I don't know Five ten episodes, something like that.
1: That's cool. I like that idea of like <laughs> forcing yourself to deal with your collection. Cause that's a that's a problem.
2: It is, yeah. I mean, yeah. same thing with Blu-rays, DVDs. You know, things that you own, you just you're just there on a shelf, and you sometimes Scalps. don't even unwrap it.
1: Yeah, and like after a movie's alphabetized, it almost like leaves my brain, <laughs> and yep. I could be like really excited to watch it too. And then, I mean, that's why I ended up watching that um K Stu movie. Years later. Personal shopper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had that that hella nice Korean steel book too. And I'm then what fucking ten years later I'm like, oh dude, I forgot about this movie. Yeah. yeah. Good story. Remember, I was underwhelmed too. And there are no subtitles. You were underwhelmed with the feature yeah. with the feature? Yeah. I thought you enjoyed it. I did. But I thought I was going to
0: love it. The 45-minute texting scene. So.
1: Well, it, it turned into one of those things where um, every time uh, East Bay cinematographer Jasadi Perkins came over, I would always, like, whenever we would actually make time to watch a movie and never do it because we would just talk, uh, it would be one of the movies in the, like, queue. And we're like, what about this one? And then, you know, you kind of build up this energy around it. And you're like, this is going to be great when we finally watch it. <laughs> and then we watch it, and we're like, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't change my life. Three and a half. Also, it didn't help that I had to stop it to find a version with subtitles on like Netflix or something.
0: Three and a half, four. I can't
1: three remember. Probably like three, four. Four? Yeah. I think I, I lingered with that one a little bit. I had to think about it. It's a very oh, middling
0: four star review.
1: I'm sure it's like the topography of sirens. <laughs> oh, <very laughs> you know, nice. the. the Dude, pulling that name out of my pocket was—that's that's proud again. It was gonna—it's my best moment of this podcast. I will not live up to that. It's again. Pretty good. Go ahead, just turn it off now. Proud of you. Or if you're still here, then I'll finish that thought. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I really didn't have one.
2: All right,
0: Randagi, what else you got for us?
2: <laughs> yeah, I uh, watched a movie that I <laughs> teased. I suppose four episodes, three episodes ago, uh, that this I heard was doing. coming out because I did not think that this movie would have a sequel, uh, but it's the sequel to Becky, which came out several years ago. With um, the good hair? Yeah, which I just watched, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago uh, for the first time and uh, really enjoyed. But uh, the sequel is The Wrath of Becky, which just came out uh, on VOD. It played like one theater uh, out here uh, that was in like the suburbs. Uh, I never made it to the theater, and uh, it seems like a lot of people haven't made it to the theater to see this, <laughs> as it is only made one hundred seventy five thousand dollars. Which oh, that's you know, not that bad. It's a low budget indie, you know. I yeah, probably doesn't have a great release uh, in general, but uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the first Becky movie, so I was kind of uh, excited to see. The Wrath of Becky. Uh, I think they have different directors. Uh, the director team is Matt Angel and Suzanne Coote. And they Matt Angel also wrote the screenplay. So basically, if you haven't seen the original movie, uh, Becky is like this... Was she, like 13 or 14 in the original movie? Um, I'd, say, and, I'd say
0: that.
2: Yeah, and she, her family... Uh, well, her mom dies, I think, of cancer. And then her father dies uh after attack from a bunch of neo nazis that show up um it's played you know not incredibly like traumatic or like serious it's kind of uh, goofy but uh yeah essentially she has to take revenge on these uh, neo nazis and she uh as a 13 year old kills a bunch of neo nazis and then in this uh second one she is now sort of like going through uh foster care and stuff and she ends up with this elderly woman named, uh, Elena. And, um, Becky is working at a diner. And one day she, uh, it's like close to the end of her shift and three, uh, dudes in a truck come in and they're like being very rude to her, like saying kind of like misogynistic shit to her. And she's not having it. She has like this, uh, dream, like fantasy, uh, thing where she, she's serving one of them and then like crushes the plate, uh, on the table then slits his throat. So the violence and the, the gore in this movie is really good too. Um, I think there's a lot of practical stuff, but, um, essentially, uh, yeah, they, they get into a, uh, an argument at the diner and she essentially like walks out and then they follow her to her house and they kill her now, uh, like foster mother. And so now she essentially has to come back and kill, um, these three potentially, well, they're like essentially white supremacists um, as well. There's some uh, heavy handedness, I guess, into sort of this being sort of like a uh, like a fascist uh, group, uh, kind of like the Proud Boys. The group that they are in is called the Noble Men. Um, it's played kind of goofy, kind of silly, um, kind of like the last one. I'd say that this one is a little uh, less grounded overall sort of in the tone, but, um, yeah, basically kind of, kind of the same thing. She, she kicks ass. She kills a bunch of, uh, Sean William Scott's in this playing kind of like the leader of this, um, fascist group, whatever white supremacist group. And he's, uh, really good in it. Um, Wilson, who plays Becky is great. Uh, really just like the character and it's just like, you know, it's, almost as unbelievable as like a John Wick movie, you know? It's uh like I said it's not it's not super grounded or anything. you have a 16-year-old now, I think this takes place 2 years after the last one. Uh but yeah, you have this you know, cute 16-year-old girl who's uh blonde and she's like just killing people kind of brutally and uh, like I said the uh the violence is is good, the um the gore is good, a lot of practical stuff I didn't really see. Uh, any CG there's um, one kill with uh, several bear traps that I thought was like super effective. Um, Yeah. Overall, like kind of after I watched the first one, I was like, I don't really know why you really need to make a a second one of these, but I mean, if you want to just kind of have some fun and kill more Nazis in another movie, like I'm, I'm here for it. So Um, they definitely also set up a third movie, which I'm not sure if it's happening or not, but um I'm guessing it probably is.
1: Did you say there's
2: a kill that involved multiple bear traps? Correct. Yeah, there are two that uh, essentially ruin the person's legs, and then there's a third one that uh, a face lands into. Okay.
0: Yeah, do you think one bear trap's going to do the trick? This is the Becky-verse
1: we're talking about, man. Oh, my God. I kind of want to watch these movies, but... They're
0: fun. The first one was fun. I have no idea on this one. (laughs) <laughs> Outside of what
2: Randy just said. Yeah, it's very similar. It's kind of, you know, almost the same same sort of formula and stuff. Um, so, you know, I don't like it as much as the first one, just due to it being a sequel and kind of doing a little bit of the the same thing. But, you know, people show up for four of the John Wick movies, you know, and I uh, love that. So, you know, if you're into it, uh, give the second one a shot.
1: Yeah, you know, I think John Wick, they're developing their own, like, world, though. And yeah. Becky.
2: Is there a Mr.
0: Nobody in Becky? I'm
1: not, you no. I know, I don't know why I'm playing devil's advocate against Becky. I actually kind of want to watch that movie. But I think the, did you not watch it, Clark? Because Paul Blart didn't show back up? Well, I I was witness to the demise of his character. Yeah, in the, uh, I know, first. but I mean, like, if there was a um, Frank Grillo in this movie, would you have watched it? Oh, I would have, I would have been producer. You kidding me?
0: Yeah. I don't believe the one who hired Frankie G.
1: I mean, was it Star Power that kept you away? Or were you just like, oh, nameless?
0: What are you talking about? It kept me away. It's been, it's, it just came out. Well, yeah. they're hurting. Dude. And I knew that Randy was going to watch it, but I wanted to bring something else to the table too. So, uh, yeah. And fortunately, it did that because this is the only thing Randy wants. It's funny.
1: They really could have used you at the box office, Clark. <laughs> they really needed that. Is it not doing well? They needed that. It little had
0: box. a weird, it did, it did that weird, um, theatrical release where it played like for two weeks and now it's like on rentals. But Randy, what, how much was this
2: rental? Was this a $20? No, it's like a six 99. Oh, okay. see, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. The I rental. Don't, I
1: don't understand it. They need like to, everybody needs to meet up and decide what is a good rental price because the fucking like Marvel movie rental being what it's like $20, right? Or Can't Disney. Be. Yeah. Like, and, and then to buy, like there's not even an option for a while. But then, you know, Amazon Prime, it could be like a dollar rental. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. Actually, It's kind of cool. I take it back. Um, also, I don't feel bad for any movie's opening weekend until they beat the movie that I really enjoyed and contributed heavily to their opening weekend. Do you remember? we saw, uh, Me, Oksana, and Terrell saw a movie. Officer Down. Yep. Do you remember what their opening weekend was? I think like $200. $470. And that's U.S. <laughs> and Canada. So that <laughs> Dude, right? And then their gross Ooh. box office worldwide, 850. Right? I, <laughs> I still haven't seen that movie. I like Kim it's Coates. Good Kim too. Coates is good. Hey, it's good. If you haven't watched Officer Down, I liked it. I like the style. It's kind of like a dread, very light, but it's. But with Kim Coates. Yeah. No, he's great. Cool. He's like Tom Savini if you uh, like Tom Savini. What was that movie?
0: I think we talked about it. We we didn't interview anybody from that, but Kim Coates was in it, and he played like a. Oh, we neon watched it. What we, Was it called? We neon lights. I think. I,
1: I think about that movie from time to time. did to you time. remember the title of that movie? I
0: have Kim Coates IMDb pulled up. Okay, <laughs> I knew lights you was in the lied. title.
1: We can't see your monitor over there. But <laughs> I'm fuck, I, sweaters That sweaters that's guy. a movie. Okay. <laughs> 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 it's okay, Randy. Yeah. Also, Randy, I Googled your podcast, and all I'm getting is weird pictures of like people installing flooring. <laughs> yeah, there's an issue happening. The vinyl yeah, floor just did not pull up the podcast.
2: There's only a uh, Instagram page so far and a Podbean page that has no podcast on it yet.
0: <laughs> so when are you guys going to drop the first episode?
2: July 4th, baby. Oh, oh, America! Completely coincidental. I don't know why, but yeah, that was the uh, the date we decided.
0: Coincidental, my ass! But Bo- you both are patriots to mm-hmm. this country. We That's both true. know
2: where you were on Jan.
0: Six. This <laughs> makes sense.
1: Yeah, you could watch all the Becky movies, but we'll remember. That's right. Well, we'll see you next <laughs>
0: week. Rainy, <laughs> uh, anything else, my man?
2: Uh, no, that was really the only thing I watched. I tried to watch an episode of the new black mirror and I gave up and I tried to watch episode two of the idol and I gave up. So that's all I got. Dude, I couldn't even
0: finish episode
2: one of the idol. Uh,
0: it, it, the American, sometimes you just know that something's a hunk of shit and, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. HBO's the idol. No, the weekend. Are you familiar with, uh, the recording artist, the weekend? Yeah. He has a new show called the idol. Which, with Johnny Depp's uh, daughter who plays a whore. Oh, okay. And uh, it's, it's not good.
2: You see her boobs in the first episode?
0: Yeah, and also semen on her face. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: Oh, good it's to uh, know HBO the, has not changed. Uh, no. Euphoria, yep. guys. Sam Levinson. So it's yeah. basically euphoria again. Who's oh. Barry Levinson's son. Yeah. And all he
0: does is churn out this pervert shit.
1: For, like, episode one and two, right? And then they, like, get away from it. Well, I heard... I don't know. Euphoria's I mean, rough, though, right?
0: Euphoria's there. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not for the faint of imagine. heart. <laughs> All right. Uh, I've got a couple movies this week. Uh, I, we may need to start a new segment on this show. Uh, Clark uh, Clark's iTunes Exploration. Okay. Um, As this film falls into that category, where every week like clockwork i go through there see what's n- newly refreshed week by week on the 499 all right you you guys you 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 prefer your physical bargain bins you know what i mean you go to various truck stops and you dig around for the bargain dvd i do the truck stop of itunes.com and i dig around uh the 499 value bin i get it you gotta own it i do own it i mean yeah but you don't i do in the blockchain
1: yeah but they could change it if they want no they can't yep. yeah they can't they can. no
0: no they can no i've re- <laughs> i know i recoded it oh okay you asked chat
1: gpt yeah how can i recode this more like They're- Clark lark gpt dude
2: there's some current uh, controversy about the cut of the French Connection that is on the Criterion Channel and I think on Disney Plus for some reason. Uh-oh. Uh, the French Connection's up. on Disney Plus? <laughs> I think so. I could be <laughs> getting that wrong, but there was, something, <laughs> there was something weird like that. But essentially there is, I think, a racial slur in a scene that they just like completely cut from the movie. Yeah. Um, and like it makes the, uh, the editing in the scene very jarring too. Yeah. Who shot first, dude? <laughs> Han did. That's they, the
0: answer. Thank you so much.
2: <laughs> did they get permission uh, from Billy Freeds? Probably not. I don't know. Can you just do whatever you want if it's on your platform? I don't know how yeah, that works.
0: I, you need to pay respect to William Freakin. I all agree with you.
2: <laughs> Even the mouse.
1: The mouse needs to bow down. So the thing is that Disney now owns the company that owns uh, that's the, uh, right. yep. the film. So they went in retroactively and changed it. I want to talk about <laughs> nothing related to do
0: with any mice or ABC, ESPN, no corporate entities. Okay, just a man. No corporate in his five dollar movie. Now, again, now when I told you that you know I looked, I I, I look around iTunes and and see five dollar movies, and you know that you know Tetsuo popped up there. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like good stuff. Yo, uh, oh, Disney censored well, that too. Yeah. <laughs> God. W- that would. B- it turned it into a short. <laughs> oh, it would have to be. It would be what, 35 seconds? <laughs> I don't know what you could do with that. But. It'd be pretty funny. Dude, Pixar's Tetsuo, Iron Man. What happened? nothing. Okay. <laughs> I think it's the mic cable. Oh, my oh God. boy. <laughs> this mic cable served as well. So. When I had told you that I was looking at, at you know iTunes movies and stuff, you were like, oh, you wanted more weird horror stuff. Of course, that's what you naturally gravitate to. Now, I will tell you that uh, iTunes, horror, absolutely, you're going to see more sort of um, under-the-surface titles, as it were. Um, a lot less sort of popcorn movies that you'd see in the action section or the, even the dra- the dramas and the comedies. You're gonna see some low-budget stuff here in the horror, so you know a lot of lot of good, interesting, uh, you know, movies to choose from. So uh, I will keep you posted on my five-dollar okay. exploration of iTunes. Uh, but the movie I want to talk about today is a movie from 2015 slash 2016. Who knows? Because it's the world of independent cinema, so time is irrelevant. It's called The Interior. Now I'd ask you, got both of you guys before, if you had heard of this movie. Um, both of you, does the, does that poster look uh, familiar at all this? I had seen this poster a while ago and it never, um, I never really looked into it, but when I was looking on iTunes, I came across this and it's a different poster, uh, that it shows on that app. But long story short, uh, what this movie is, is a listless young man. upon learning. He is ill leaves his job, girlfriend, and city behind, and ventures alone into the British Columbia interior, bringing his fears and anxieties with him. Listed as an adventure, drama, thriller. It is none of those things on IMDb.com. Uh, on iTunes, it is listed as horror. Guys, this is a comedy. Oh, really? <laughs> and a horror. It's, okay. So here's the thing. This is a very this is a unique movie. And it it's it's kind of rough around the edges, but they're very um well crafted and thoughtful. There's a thoughtful approach here the entire time. And I think that our main lead here uh Patrick McFadden he does a great job. He just has a face of like, all right, this guy's a smart aleck. You know what I mean. You just we when, when he just has that resting face, you're just you're just looking at him and you're just waiting for him to say something, you know, smarty or sardonic or something. Yeah. Um, now, when I led led the conversation on this thing, saying that it was a comedy, they, it's a very dry approach. But it also kind of keeps you off your toes of what the tone of this movie is. Um, When he is in the doctor's office, uh, the doctor asks him – she tells him that he is ill. And when he is delivered that news, gangster rap starts playing. um, And also the levels are off as well. As a cat is licking my leg (laughs) – why? That cat has never been anywhere near me and now it decides to lick my leg? She was like, you know. What the fuck <laughs> is happening with this insane cat? She runs away from me at every beckoning call she yeah, has. I, I know. And today, tonguing my kneecap.
1: She's saying hi.
0: It's great. <laughs> Don't do it again. She likes your coverage. And one less, one less eye walking around here. <laughs> That's okay. No, I appreciated the... uh, (laughs) The attention from a female? That's right. Thank you so much. (laughs) So, also, there was a, um, the doctor asked the gentleman, she was like, are you high right now? I'm worried about your well-being. You're not even taking this seriously. And he's like, why are you saying I'm high? She's like, well, because a joint is on your shirt right now. And you smell like weed. He was like, Good point. That's what we're dealing with. Okay. Okay. There's a great scene where he breaks up with his girlfriend. They are uh, on a bed, but they're not facing one another. And they're just, they're talking to each other, but not at each other. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's a nice, uh, I think Randy would like that in his French (laughs) movies as he walks away. meet cute. Thank you so much.
1: Or a breakup ugly.
0: Basically he knows he's sick and he just walks, he just wanders into the wilderness and his girlfriend who has been dating him for a year. Uh, he just told her that he was leaving four hours to when he was supposed to leave. And she's like, I've been with you for a fucking year and you just do this shit. Yeah. And, uh, but it's, it's great. The dialogue is really solid here. Um, and then he goes into the woods. This is 26 minutes into the movie he goes into the wilderness. That is when the titles come okay. into the movie. This the movie is one hour and seventeen minutes. We get the titles twenty six minutes into this hour and seventeen minute movie. Cool, because he's in the interior. Then it becomes, uh, you know, much more of a you know self reflective type of narrative and more psychological. Uh, where he starts getting paranoid into the woods.
1: Like a woman's personal journey with music. Topography of sirens. Thank you so much. (laughs) I will say this,
0: uh, and there's a couple creepy moments here. Um, It does feel like two movies, but I kind of like that. Um, I enjoyed this. I think this is an interesting movie. Uh, I also like how uh, polarizing this movie is in the online community. Oh. Uh, people hate this thing and people love this thing. Um, it does have that sort of mumble gore element to it, even though I would, you know, I, I would not say it's not gory at all. It's much more on that psychological side of things. But like I said, we do sort of deal in this sort of, um, for lack of a better term, link laddery style of dialogue okay. and uh, sort of um, you know attitude. Uh, especially in the first act of the film. So, Randy, I I highly recommend. I think you would dig this, Russell. I also think you would
1: dig. Yes. this. Yes, that kind of seems to be our Q zone, honestly.
0: Yeah. So, I, I this, this is an interesting movie. Also, when I looked on um, Letterbox to see uh, if any of my friends had seen this movie,
1: only one. Who do Robbie. you think, Robbie Smith? Yeah, Robbie. Shout out to you. There you go. He watches everything. I think he truly keeps up with the, at least one movie a day. And he's got an open mind. For sure. Yeah. So he checks everything. He out. gave this one three stars. Okay. I thought, three from other people, I'm not like turned off by. If I give a movie three, don't watch it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And plus, you know, Robbie
0: watches a lot of stuff.
1: It's good. I check yeah. out the interior. The other
0: movie I saw, <laughs> we already talked about it because we should talk about him every week. Of course, I'm talking about our Lord and Savior, Frank. Grillo. Now, Frank Grillo has a son because he's got to carry on the bloodline. It's the Grillo Broadline. All right. When you are a god like Frank Grillo, you pass on your genetics. Okay. He good pass on too. to his son.
1: Grillo's pickles. Pickles? <laughs> <laughs> they're hella good. That's,
0: that's what they'd be called.
1: I don't know if I've ever heard anybody describe a pickle as hella good. <laughs> I, love we talk about, I love pickles. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, is there a lot of variation? Yes. From the vinegar? You have your dill.
0: You have your bread and butter. You have your sweet. You have your spicy. You also, if you go to certain areas of Mississippi, you have your Kool Aid pickle. Uh huh. All right. Which one is hella good? All of the
1: above. <laughs> I love a pickle. Pickles, same. Cornishon. Love them all. Oxana, what's the thing that I love now that's pickled? Oh, I, I just forget what they're called. No, it's like a little squash. It's a little yellow, like pumpkin thing. Cornishon. Is that a thing? Yeah. But that's not what you're talking about. Okay.
0: <laughs> all right. Okay. What I want to talk about. Patty pan. Patty pan. That's, no, that's a made up thing. Patty pan? <laughs> <laughs> Russell <laughs> likes patty pan. <laughs> I love the <that> name. <laughs>
1: Wait, is that, re- is that really what it's called?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, here, let me let me show you a picture. Because I know this audio podcast room. Oh, yes, I know those things. Oh, do you? Yeah. I thought you were a real connoisseur of food, but clearly you don't know fucking Patty Pan, the king. That's I, a hell of a good I honestly pickle. didn't know they were called Patty Pan. I didn't either. The Patty Pan
0: Man. <laughs> I should call them the little squashes I don't eat. <laughs> but now I know they're called Patty pans. Let's talk about Frank Grillo's movie directed by... His son. Also, guess what? Not written by his son. What's the story there? Who knows?
1: His kid's name, Remy.
0: Remy! Like the rat in Ratatouille. Or like Gambit. Uh Uh-huh, like Gambit. From Marvel,
1: your favorite property. Fuck.
0: Don't talk to me. (laughs) The resurrection of Charles Manson. While a couple edits a Charles Manson movie in an Airbnb the film's dark events begin to come true in the mysterious plot of a hidden leader. Now, this is a strange movie. And I think the best way for me to to cue this movie up for you guys is to tell you who the distributor is. Because Russell, you and I, and Randy as well. You know? And you, you you watch all these movies, you get a pretty good idea of what you can expect when who produced that movie uncorked. Oh boy, that's it's going it could be rough sledding.
1: <laughs> but if I were to say X Y Z, what would be your ex- expectations? Um, like a more valuable A twenty four. I need further explanation on that. High, like premium mediocrity. To quote uh, Scary Thoughts Podcast. But, but,
0: but I'm, I'm talking no, about... No, I love them. My, I think they're
1: good. They are solid. Yeah, yeah.
0: What I mean by that is, and I, I guess it's just a long way of, of getting to,
1: of like, competent production value. Yeah, but no restriction on art uh, exploration. Also that as well. Yeah. Like Where, they're, they're not scared to get artsy over there. Yeah. this is somewhere in between
0: all of that. Um, I'll say the casting here, solid. All actors did a great job. Frank Grillo is in this movie a teeny tiny bit. Oh,
1: that's whack.
0: Also, you kind of know where the story, you know where we're headed. Okay. If you've watched a movie before in your life, you know where we're headed. Um, So uh, with that in mind, (laughs) I'm going to spoil the resurrection of Charles Manson. I don't think a lot of people have seen this movie. Um, I think it's worth checking out because
1: how'd they bring him back with a Ouija board? That's the other thing they didn't.
0: Oh, and what? also, the, it's, okay, I'm they, out. They, it's it's not
1: <sighs> the Vegas aliens brought him back.
0: Basically, it's girl meets boy, right? Meet cute. A lot of this movie is taken is non linear. All right, we go in <laughs> and out of the present. You understand? <laughs> So we're doing the Crispin Glover. Okay. We're going in. Get we're going out phone. because you know we have to build the exposition, build the story, and this is a long story, and this is a classic story of girl meets boy, meet you, girl takes boy to the desert so oh, that no. she could <laughs> film her audition for this Charles Manson movie at an Airbnb in the desert. Ooh. Well, as it turns out. The girl is the daughter of Frank Grillo's character, who apparently runs a Charles Manson-loving cult in the desert. Uh-huh. He's also this mysterious, very successful, uh, snazzy business dressing man. Wow, this is weird. For, uh, I don't, Correct. I
1: thought this was going to be like a biopic or something. Oh, no. No, no, no.
0: Frank Grillo is a businessman, but he runs this weird cult and they're trying to they're trying to resurrect Charles Manson. Oh, he's and, not playing Manson. No, no, no. Oh, god. No, but it. he wants to resurrect Manson. So his daughter keeps kidnapping these men who thinks she dated this guy and the guy wanted to propose to her, but he was just she was just using him as a vessel to get to the spirit of <laughs> Charles Manson. Oh, I guess. Oh, god. Also, her brother was involved, and he looks like the guy who's uh, uh Machine Gun Kelly. He's like the poor man's Machine Gun Kelly. Okay. He's Pistol Man Kelly. And he is out there in the desert. He's killing snakes. And then she shoots him in the stomach.
1: The guy dies. <laughs> now, here's the thing. And then they try to do it again. None of this is an immediate turnoff for me. <laughs> the problem is that the the picture you're building is that this is going to be like a cool guy, dialogue heavy. Nothing's happening in this very little location. This is not a cool guy movie. No, but. And it, I wanted it to be. Okay. But what I would want from this is to hopefully at some point they'd start doing paranormal shit, which I guarantee doesn't happen. Zero percent. Yeah. That's the problem. Here's I the thing.
0: Th- it feels like the Manson thing is a complete crowbar. Okay. It is, uh, it's half-baked.
1: Good movie. Here's the thing. Ah, beat you, Randy. It is. Thank you so much. Beat you off, Randy. It's not a good script. Okay. The story stinks. So why do you think XYZ the ex- got
0: it? The execution is pretty decent, though. Okay. The, the story's just poo-poo town. But the execution's not bad. Um, there's not a ton of horror here. And also there's not a ton of Frank Grillo, but it's not terrible. Do you know why? Because it's an hour and 18 minutes. It knows what it is. It's in, it's out.
2: Resurrection of Charles Manson. (laughs) We got a lot of short movies this week. Uh, The Wrath of Becky was, I think is 84, 86. Oh yeah. Oh,
0: dude, we're in a a short runtime renaissance right now. I love
1: it. And then what, that's 78? No, the S78. Good yeah. job. Johnny that's, Quick Math over here. Tough math. I'm waking up. I'm almost Hell through that yeah. coffee. And oddly enough, when you uh here's a good segue. I got a short movie for y'all too. Uh and of course, IMDb doesn't have the time on there. I think it was an hour 17. So I think mine's shorter by a minute. Bro. But my uh my movie I'll be talking about um I was the second person on Letterboxd to review it. Congratulations. Uh, Terrell was the first. Congratulations. As Terrell is up on his uh, to-be-original horror films. So, of course, when uh, one of the girls that we have both turned on, although uh, I think Terrell- turned and, her on? No, we've turned on her. Hell yeah. Uh, I thought
0: you and Terrell were going to be in a threesome. No, no.
1: <laughs> we're going to find her in an alley and beat her up. Uh, That's more accurate. Her name is Scout Taylor Compton, and she was in the Rob Zombie Halloween, and- She uh, she's the one I I talked about a little bit. I'm not going to get into it, but she was spreading uh, the propaganda about Miss Jamie Lee Curtis and how uh, she was mean to them. Anyway, she's in a new horror film on Tubi called Captive. A group of stoners break into a house for a weekend party, (laughs) but realize all is not well after finding a mysterious stranger held captive in the basement. So now if you're breaking into a mansion with a bunch of dumbass friends, again, this movie has aggressive bong use. There were like three bongs in the beginning and bong, yes. bong and an apple. That's a bomb. No, so you talking Oppenheimer right now. No, no billabong. They're, they're hitting that shit. They're ripping it. Oh, uh, this movie, <laughs> I'm going to say one of the meanest things I can say about a movie. I had to struggle to pay attention to this movie. Damn. And unlike the film that Clark covered, uh, there's paranormal shit, you know it. And they did bust out a Ouija board early on, but man, I can't do it now. Here's the thing. I like Scout Taylor Compton. I like what she did in the Rob Zombie film. And she's gotten some plastic surgery done. And I just, it bummed me out. She went from looking like a regular, like pretty girl, you know, the beauty's in the imperfection. And now she looks like that fucking cut from stone, low level studio, Hollywood horror movie, boring, churned out AI creative character Let bullshit. Me um, she, it's, I mean, there's really nothing to look at.
2: I, that's what I mean.
1: Like, it's just like, oh, yeah. It's like Becky G. Go look at Becky G when she was a little kid and look at her now. She looks like, or it's like Megan Fox. Look at any of those girls. When they start getting the work done, you start to look like everybody else. And it's, I don't know. I don't fucking like it. Anyway, she's horrendously boring in this movie. Um, But so is everybody else. The cast is unlikable. Her boyfriend is unlikable. And yet, There's an interesting story here, and it's usually the kind that would be entertaining no matter what. So a bunch of potheads break into a house. It's a mansion, the kind of mansion where you're like, wait, you guys are staying the night. It's a haunted mansion. It's a mansion that probably should have three different security systems or a guard patrolling. And they don't give a fuck. They're all over this place. They're just hanging out. They all get different rooms and sleep in it. Also, yeah, they find a person tied up. Honestly, I don't know if he was tied up. I don't know if he was chained up. I think he was attached to a chair somehow. I, again, was struggling to pay attention. And uh, the firework bandits went off during this movie. And I just got up and left. I went out on the porch and I was more interested in trying to find them than uh, connect with this horror film. And here's the thing. I like Tubi. I like the weird shit they put out there. We had a guest on a couple weeks ago who talked about their abusive production team. And it, it all paints a very interesting picture. This movie, man, I couldn't, I just could not give a fuck at all. So there was a dude, they found him. He joins the party. He's a skinny looking uh, UPN vampire motherfucker. I, uh, he's a vampire. You're not supposed UPN to know UPN vampire? Like vampire diaries or something. Oh. Like, like woefully uncharming or like there's nothing UPN. captivating about their face. You know what I mean? I got- Like, you were the prettiest kid in high school, and now you think you're going to be a movie star. And then you wait in the lobby, and you look around. You're like, holy shit, there's a lot of blonde, pretty girls in this town. It's that kind of shit. There's, like, nothing interesting about it. So, to keep with the theme, nothing interesting happens. Although, you know, that's not fair. They hang out with the dude who was held captive here. They don't call the police. He doesn't leave. He gets a room and hangs out. In fact, he starts flirting with Scout Taylor Compton and her lame boyfriend's not a fan. Uh, This movie's fucking terrible. Uh, Spoiler alert, he's a vampire. Um, What does that mean? He turns Scout Taylor to Taylor Compton, who wasn't happy that her boyfriend, all he wanted to do was get high, watch TV, and fuck. Fuck you. That's all he wanted to do. You know what she wanted, though? Do you know what she wanted in her relationship? Poetry. Boo. And And um, the vampire wins her over by reciting a poem from some shit that nobody would ever remember. Girls are so stupid. And he, she was like, oh my God, you like poetry? And then they made out by a pool and there were a bunch of lights on and a mansion they broke into. Nothing makes sense here, but yet it's still boring. Normally, I like it when shit doesn't make sense. Yeah. For some reason, <laughs> man, the vampires were draining me of my attention. I I couldn't give a fuck. Anyway, so the movie progresses. She's now a vampire, which makes her even more boring somehow. She starts doing that like, I'm evil. I'm a vampire. And there's one fat character who's kind of entertaining. Well, she drains him off camera. Then we see him later and he's got bite marks all over his face. Like kind of imagine if you had bad acne and all of it exploded at one time. Yeah. Like you just had a crater face. Yeah, they find him in a closet, and it's like, what was she doing biting his forehead? This movie's stupid. Anyway, they throw a party at the end. Uh, her sister shows up, who is this incredibly skinny girl, but's got a turkey neck. It's like, what's going on there? Turkey. Neck. It's really weird. It was one of the most distracting well, things. You, in the movie.
0: you Tonka, you just said yourself that you
1: beauty is in the imperfections, exactly. And she was the thing I remember most about this movie because it was boggling my mind. Anyway. By the end of this movie, uh, the vampires end up murdering everybody at this party. It's actually a shit show. And it, it, it's kind of interesting because normally vampire films are all about like vampires need to keep up the masquerade. All of the game, Vampire the Masquerade, where it's like you have to pretend to be human and there's strict laws. You can't just murder them all because, you know, we need to feed. And I, I don't know. They like dance parties and there won't be any more if they know there are vampires on Earth. I have a
0: prediction. Is there like CG blood splatter and CG blood mist?
1: You know, honestly, I couldn't really weigh in on that because I was really struggling. out. I mean, we were we were hanging out. We had Mexican food. We had drinks. We were like, let's watch. We, I mean, we make it a thing to watch bad movies and just have fun. We like indie horror. We like new ideas. And there were new ideas here. I just couldn't pay attention. So there was blood. I can't remember if it was CG. They did a lot of, um, the, yeah, we'll like, I'm a hot vampire, and my lower jaw, like, my jaw is bloody, and it's running down my my neck, into my, and it's like, nobody cares. Anyway, so they murder a bunch of people, and they call the police, and the police show up, and they get murdered. They shoot the vampire in the head at one point, and then he head does the, like, that's not going to do anything. So there was CG blood there. Um, silver bullet. No, (laughs)
0: unfortunately. And what I mean by that is Coors
1: Light. So
2: here's (laughs) hell yeah.
1: So, you know, there's carnage, everybody's dead. There was a, um, subplot where scout Taylor Compton didn't want to kill her best friend. And it kind of felt like she was going to be the, uh, slayer of the group. And guess what? They had a bunch of vampire killing shit in the basement and she got a stake and she staked the dude and he died. And then, and it doesn't matter. The the twist of this movie is that the owners of the building come back and they're like you know, if you're paying attention like Terrell was, he's like, "Oh, they're the slayers that had him tied up." Well, here's the twist, buckle up. They were the father and mother of the vampire. Wow. They're not clear. I I think they might have sired him, but they make it like a couple thing. I don't I mean, if you ever saw Van Helsing, vampires fucking, you know, they're undead, so they produce undead, like dead babies, which is why they had to trap Frankenstein, who actually did poetry. These movies are really connected in a terrible way. Frankenstein did poetry? In the Van Helsing. You don't remember that? I don't remember. Beat poetry? It came out on my birthday in like, oh my God, the vent It's terrible. Actually, you might like it. It was kind of like an early Marvel type thing, like big action, lots of CG, whatever. Um. So yeah, they come back and they're like, "Oh, he's not a vampire, honey. Because guess what? He's not dead. He's a strogoi or some shit. You you want to know what a strigoi is? It sounds like an uh, an Italian sub. It's exactly like a vampire, but they have two hearts, dude. Oh, so you have to stake both of them. Yeah. And apparently, there's a cooldown phase. So if you stake one, if you don't do the other one within like a minute, they just get up and it, it's like you never did anything. There. Twist. Twist. Yeah. So, the movie fucking sucks. If you have two hearts, then,
0: I mean, is that like having two engines in a car?
1: I think it gives you the ability to accurately love two people at one time.
0: Oh, don't turn it that way. (laughs) I I immediately thought into, like, what if one went
1: into cardiac arrest? Oh, then, well, they're undead. So, I don't know if they're actually beating hearts. So, only half is, you can be half (laughs) undead and half Maybe the Strigoi have a living and an undead heart. Strigoi is what we I don't know with? that. It sounds like what she – she said some shit, and I'm sure it's probably like a Ukrainian folklore or something. Hell yeah. And it's like well, – Then you should know about it. The problem is that there – you could feel that the production thought this movie was cool. And it's like, your movie fucking sucks. <laughs> uh, so I give it five stars. No, I give it one and a half. Oh, and, you know, yeah. here's the thing. I had to think about it a lot. Because it's easily, like, would you give it a one? And the thing is, I think I'm going to forget about this movie. But it won't take me a lot. And then I'll come back into it and be like, oh, yeah, that movie was really bad. But I don't hate it. It doesn't make me mad. It just, it, was, it felt like a waste of a Friday.
0: But Russell, I, I, I've sat here and I've listened to you talk about it. Boy, does it sound like you hate it.
1: Yeah, but okay. I, I also feel uh, <laughs> like a Stragoy, And although there may be hate in my heart, I may have two hearts. Okay. All right, the next movie I watched was in a theater, and oh, congratulations! It, it was about uh, black people. <laughs> Double congratulations, Tyler Perry. It not was not involved. The Blackening, and um, I hate to break it, but uh, this was an hour and thirty-six minutes long. Boo! Um, seven black friends go away for the weekend and end up trapped in a cabin with a killer who has a vendetta. Will their street smarts and knowledge of horror movies help them stay alive? Probably not. So. Let me give you a little bit of uh, where I was before going into this movie. Uh, they did a uh, Twitter campaign where they had posters and they had like questions, and it would be like, "Name five inventions that were created by Black people," and you're like, "What is the point here?" Or "Name a horror movie where a Black character survives." Here's the thing: it's, these aren't hard things to do, yeah. and I'm like, "What? What are they signaling to the audience?" Like, I don't, I don't get it. And then if you look at the poster. The tagline was, um, we all can't die. We can't all die first. Yeah, there you go. Go. I thought that was the title of the movie for a minute. <laughs> I didn't read it. We can't all die first because they're all black. Now, here's the thing. I'll tell you right now, I enjoyed this movie a lot. Um, but I want to spoil it. So if you haven't, if you're, you're going to watch it, uh, bow we, out now. We already we, spoiled uh, we appreciate. Grillo Manson. Yeah, but I think there's a lot of interesting shit going on here. But you got to talk about like the later half of the movie and i just want to give people a warning um i here let me let me before you go this movie is more comedy than horror so plot (laughs) might not actually be a deterrent like if you know the end there's still a lot to get out of this and i will say i did go see house party the remake looking for here's the thing like if we're going to talk about culture and a black culture The thing that has been true through all of the history in America is that white people have always envied how um, carefree and like how uh, gnarly they can get. And in comedies, you know, you look at a scary movie, that movie was fucking edgy. And, you know, you can like black comedies. just they can do it. And that's what I've been looking for. I'm like, give me something fucking edgy because I knew the machine wasn't going to bring it. And House Party the remake definitely didn't bring it. This movie, we're getting close. We're really close. And it, you know, I bring up Scary Movie because I kept thinking about it, and I'm like, man, it feels like they're holding back a, like a little tiny bit. But I enjoyed this movie as a comedy completely. But I think there's more interesting things. Good so jokes. That's, that's your warning. There's a joke that I want to talk about. All right. There's your warning. Bye. We love you. Uh, so the blackening, very um. Again, we have a group of all black characters, so as uh, as a white person, you should get ready to be the, the butt of many a joke. Was Andrew Santino in this? No. Uh, <laughs> one of your boys was in it, though. Uh, where is he? What the fuck is his name? Not him. Frank Gr- J. Farrow. Where do you see that? J. Farrow. No, no, no. I mean a white guy. Oh, fuck. Oh, he's not on here. Okay, maybe it's a cameo then. He played... um. A share? Do you see all the? <laughs> yeah. So okay, you know we're we're in spoiler territory. Um, This movie's interesting. It's about uh black people going out to a cabin, as like a retreat. Well, not a retreat. They're going out there for Juneteenth. And I was I was curious. I'm like, do do That's people Monday? Do people actually? It is Monday, and it is a Southern holiday, I believe, right? Because it was Texas that, um. They found out later that uh, they had been liberated. So somebody had to tell them and that's right. Is that where the holiday comes from? I don't know. I'm not black. Randy, Yeah.
2: Yeah, Randy. My manager is actually from uh, a smaller city in Texas, but he said that he's celebrated it since he can remember. Exactly. So that gave me some kind of like
1: um, maybe geography like insight, but this movie feels very Northern California. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. I mean, if we're going to do like a celebration of black culture, whatever, Juneteenth, that's cool. Except they, they talk about like 10 years ago we were here. And I'm like, mm, where are you? Again, that's my only hair splitting as far as the uh, the black experience. Uh, do you remember the, our, our favorite Barbara Crampton movie, Beyond the Gates? Oh, yes. you remember the, the board game centralized uh-huh. where it was like a tape component? Well, in this one, they go out to a... Uh, actually very big cabin in the woods, uh, like high end, like they're glamping. And down in the basement, oh, it's not really a basement. It's a game room. And you can tell because there's a sign on the door. There's a game down there called the blackening. And when they open it up, there is a, what, what is the character name, Clark? The like, the uh, hurtful caricature of black people is like Samo, Sambo, Sambo, Sambo. I knew you know that name because <laughs> Mississippi. So there's a there's a very in your face little centerpiece in this board game, and uh, there's like this paranormal element where it recognizes who's playing and it starts a timer and it's like draw a card, answer a question or you die, and they're all like, "Here's the thing." Now with the Twitter campaign, I was like, "Oh, is this gonna like shame white people into not knowing anything about black culture?" which Terrell did to me when I couldn't name 5 R&B groups or something. <laughs> and I'm like it's not that. I'm like well could you name 2 metal groups? And like yeah. I know he could, but it's also like on the spot with somebody looking at you it's hard to do. Yeah. So I'm like, "Well, here's the thing. It's all black characters who are getting questioned." And it I'll so in the beginning um the characters uh who are, you know, it's the early kill in a horror film. So they're not incredibly important and they get dispatched immediately, but they don't even play along. They're just like, what the fuck is this? And he's like, Hey, you ran out of time. And then they die. And then we're introduced to like seven more people. And it's kind of like a house party thing. They're hanging out. Their interaction is incredibly entertaining. Uh, there's a lot of, I wouldn't call it like edgy, but it's a lot more like it's comedy. Like they're actually saying things that are funny. And again, Clark has been tutoring me on what comedy means And I think a lot of it is, you know, learning what the fine line of things that uh, maybe you don't say in polite conversation, but you could get away with. And, you know, it lets people feel a little bit easy. So at one point, this group is forced to nominate somebody to be a sacrifice if they want to get out. And there's this dorky dude who's in the group. And they're like, you have to nominate the most black character. Nominate them. Sacrifice the most black one of you and uh, the rest of you can go. So they start talking about how they're not black. And like one dude's from Africa, like literally. And he's just like, I'm not. And they're all bringing up these reasons why they're not. And one guy said, "Um, I'm not. I voted for Trump. And they all look at him. They're like, you, you're gone. And uh, dude, I just, it was like one of the funniest moments. But as Terrell will point out, he followed it up with another joke that I turned out to be the only person I got, I gave it a straight belly laugh while the rest of the audience cringed in their seats because I think there are only two black people in the crowd. And uh, so after a long, funny interaction, it's it's confirmed the one who voted for Trump is going to be nominated. And as he's leaving to go die, he turns around and says, all lives matter. <laughs> and I just could, I started dying. And I'm like, this is what I mean. And you know, That's a good joke. proof that it was like comedy was yeah. ha- the reaction in the Bay Area theater where everybody was dead silent and trolling, oh my God, you're the only one laughing. That's a and I said, it's <laughs> fucking funny. That's funny. I said, in no universe did I expect him to say that. Yeah. Also, talk about like, it's a like, good joke. It's not incredibly edgy anymore. And especially with an all, within an all-black movie, in a comedy, yeah. I'm like, there's no safer it. way to get away with that. But it's a close-up on him. He's walking away to him and I says, all lives matter. <laughs> it was the funniest fucking thing I've seen in a theater in years. <laughs> and yet nobody laughed. And I'm like, you know, instantly I got defensive. And I'm like, I started thinking. It's the the soft, biggest tree of low expectations, and here's the thing I know I know all you white pasty motherfuckers listen to this show. Here's what you do. If you go watch this movie, don't laugh at them, which I, in my head, this is the weird spiral I went down. These people in here are laughing at them. now, okay, let me set this up a little bit better. Okay. There was a trailer for a um an Asian film, and Terrell. <laughs> So, these two Asian ladies were talking, and one of them's like, You're racist. You've never slept with an Asian man. And she's like, Well, one time I fantasized about it, and Terrell went, Oh, this movie's racist. And somebody turned to him and said, Well, we are seeing the blackening. And I'm like, What does that mean? Like, because we're going to watch a a movie that's a black comedy film, it's going to clearly be racist. And as the movie progressed, and as people uh, shield their true colors, not laughing at true comedy, I realized, I'm like, Do people. Like if you're like a lame desk jockey and you're coming into the blackening, are you watching this movie as like an outsider? Like, oh, look at these funny people. Like they they can do whatever they want because they don't care. Where me, I am on a, a higher plane and I would never make these kind of jokes. Or are you like laughing? I felt like I was laughing with them. Like the shit is funny. Yeah, I think that is the intent. Yeah, I don't know, man. I started getting I got super defensive for this movie and I was like watch all these motherfuckers were with none of them is going to give it a critical like treatment they're all just going to be like oh, I liked it and get and give nothing. And I was right, but I don't know, I got in a weird here again to to spoil this are you guys going to watch it? I don't know. Probably Maybe. not. Okay. So okay, Randy, you're fine though. You can watch a movie and know the the twist or whatever. And it's not even a hard one to catch. The uh the guy who said all lives matter in a hilarity styling hilarious uh, way. He was a guy who showed up uninvited and he's like, well, I got an email and that's how I, you know, uh, also uh, his name is uh, Jermaine Fowler is the, um, the dude who played Clifton. Now I actually believe he was one of the co-writers of the movie. No Dwayne. Okay. So the character Dwayne is (laughs) Terrell. He's a, uh, sassy uh virgo who's also gay and is quick to jump and uh to uh become aggravated with people although he drives a car there's the one difference terrell does not drive and when i he's like oh i love him terrell turned to me and said that i was like you are him motherfucker and he said yep so that's okay he's one of the co-writers he was great in this movie by the way jermaine fowler i has to be a comedian he played clifton who was an obvious like I'm playing the nerdy character, and I'm going to get into the backstory. Um, spoiler, he's the one behind everything here. We got a little bit of a Diodrama sauce situation going on, which is honestly really cool. Um, but it's in his backstory. Now, he talked about how he didn't have, like, any black friends. This movie just came out. I know. I gave warnings. But here's the thing. I, I fucking related to this dude. Because he talked about how he went to a party and it was all black people. And he's like, you know, I felt really good being around people who looked like me. And then they were paying uh, spades and he didn't know how to play. And they all started roasting him. So he got wasted, went out and hit a person in his car. And it kind of ruined his life. So he put together this whole thing and made it all about like turning, um, flipping the script. And he was like, you know, you all said I wasn't black. So how black are you? which is, you know, all of the blackening. So the whole movie is kind of a test of like this idea of like, how black are you? You know what I mean? And I'm like, damn, it's kind of it's fucking interesting. And I'm, I'm probably the blackest person on this podcast. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to argue. Um, yeah, I, you definitely eat like one. Can I say that? <laughs> say that. I'm sure the theater I was in, nobody would have laughed at that either, much like Randy, who just turned very (laughs) red. (laughs) So here's the thing. He was talking, He, you know, he does the villain monologue at the end, and he's like, I was so excited to be around people that looked like me, and then you all were the meanest people that had, you were meaner than anybody else had ever been to me. And it reminded me of my childhood. Now, here's a little backstory. I went to a uh elementary school and a middle school i was part of the 1% white there were so few white people in there also uh my last name at the time was romero so i used to try and get away from that as hard as i could i'd be like no no i'm mexican i don't like zombies yeah, i'm not, i'm not white like whatever <laughs> and uh you know there were there was one other white dude we ended up becoming very close friends because we were we were uh, cold together and then there were two white girls at the school which everybody you know used to joke that we dated them Because we were like the token white people at school. So I went to high school. I went to a very white high school. And when I showed up, I went, oh, man, people who look like me. You know what happened? (laughs) I fucking hated them. These people suck. They're the worst. I, I just did not identify with the culture. In fact, I started. I bought a hat that said Daily City on it. Because it wasn't enough to just not like them. I had to make it very clear I was not one of them. Oh, boy. And uh, you know, this is the kind of school I went to. It was deemed gang paraphernalia, having a hat that said Daily City on oh it. Oh, boy. Yes. So there we go. But, you know, at the end of the day, you just learn people are fucking people. And I don't know. It was, it was interesting. Clifton's journey here and just the whole, like, the, like, well, let's look at this. Like, when they play the, the board game, the questions are all aimed at, like, black culture. And it's really interesting seeing them like, which character answers what answer? One of them was, uh, name five black people that made guest appearances on Friends. And they're all like, oh, oh, I don't watch that show. Yeah. And they're like, but I do remember, you know, and then they each were like sneakily naming somebody. And uh, spoiler, <laughs> the, the game was like wrong. The correct answer was, I don't watch Friends. And it's like, oh, this movie like for a social political plot, it was pretty fucking smart while at the same time kind of having an ignorant sensibility when it came to humor. I don't know. I really liked it. I thought this movie was super interesting. It's not going to get the discourse it needs. Um, we need like a Scary Thoughts episode on it or something. How was it only horror? Horror was kind of light. Okay. Um, I, again, I won't I won't get into that. So if you're going to watch it, I'm not going to spoil any of that. Uh there's, there's gore. It's mostly played for laughs, though. So, so you show up for laughs. It's kind of like um scary movie, but not as uh, comedy forward. Like, I mean, there's a dude gets a dick in the ear and dies. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, in this movie? No, no, in Scary Movie. Okay. Are, are there any dicks in this movie? No, I don't think there's any. Oh. any um, but that's what I meant. I'm like, we're almost there. We're almost back into, like, free-for-all comedy world. And I would have really liked to see it here, but um,
0: Dick in here.
1: I definitely the crowd is not ready yet because man, the fucking tr- mentioning Trump. There's still that power where it like almost like people clench. You know what I mean? It's like <gasps> said it.
0: He's the orange buffoon.
1: Yeah, it's kind. Of, it's the satanic panic all again. So hey,
0: Randy, won't you uh, give us a little bit of that Trump?
2: I don't think I could do it on cue. Oh,
0: <laughs> damn. <laughs> He's I've
2: got a new done podcast it once or twice out, years ago. Randy, you could bring him out on your new
0: podcast, like mm-hmm. Russell just said.
2: <laughs> I might do an experiment, though, and go see this movie in a uh, Atlanta audience and let you know how it is. Dude, now I've heard... With a Trump wig on. Here's the thing. Exactly. People and in other states, <laughs> oh, in other
1: parts of the country, yeah. they're saying it's like a fucking party. Like, people are just oh, yeah. like, As it's it incredible. Should be. And it should have been. Dude, I would have loved. I would have loved for that. All lives matter. You should fly down to Atlanta. Go see Dude, with Randy down there. I would love to have booze people yelling like, like the Clifton character is such a like. He's such a trope of like, I'm a dorky, like, because I voted for Trump twice. <laughs> like he, it's so, he's such a good heel. Yeah, and it's like,
2: I don't yeah. know. You need a heel. The he fucking won twice, the white. Too, by the way.
1: <laughs> randy you got to bring the voice back we need we need somebody else to intro the show and david lynn she's clearly dead <laughs> so yeah i don't know i I really like the blackening um hell yeah there was one thing where east Bay cinematographer jasadi perkins was like i got a technical problem with this movie oh, and randy would you're gonna hate it too if you see it there's one part where they use a uh, light. I believe it's on a cell phone. And they do like, I don't think it was a fake lens flare. I think it was a style choice or that they were covering up a, an issue. But like we see the light and the fake lens flare cuts the screen in half horizontally. Like it's a powerful, it's got to be a digital overlay. And looking at it, you're like, why are you doing this? Like, you instantly I was thinking, like, De Palma, like, when you split a screen in half, clearly he's doing, like, a um, sensory overload, a lot of action is happening, like, it's kind of upping the pressure and keeping the audience, like, on, on their toes, pretty much. Where in this one, it kind of split the screen in a way that made you look below, and you're like, I don't, it didn't look cool. It, it reminded me of um, Pulp Fiction, you know, when they draw, like, the square. In the air, and you're like, why did that happen? Like, it doesn't happen at any other part. But that felt like a little, like, magic moment style choice. Like, it wasn't very distracting. Yeah. This is distracting and not cool. That I, it's, it's a, it's a brief (laughs) moment, but it was enough that it, like, Jasadi was like, no, I think they were trying to do a fake lens flare and they wanted us to buy that. Randy, if you watch it, you got to weigh in. I think, again, they were trying to cover up some technical issue, maybe, but. It was weird. Why are they trying to go Michael Bay? But it didn't look... It, like, it wasn't uh, like an indie film up in the corner where it's kind of like represents like, I don't know, Twilight Time or, you know, the sun's going down, the day's almost over, nostalgic. This was like... where It was almost like... Um, what was the A24 film with all the like uh, bodies, bodies, bodies? Yeah. It felt like something that would have been in that movie. Like a very like garish style choice. But
0: the body is it floor. Uh, speaking of body, 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 so it's, it's called out <laughs> right there. The sheets, uh, uh, also uh, featuring uh, the great Pete Davidson, if you yeah. remember. Yeah. Uh, Pete Davidson uh, showed up in the latest Mr. Mr. Beast. Beast
2: video. Yeah, I know, I watched it. <laughs> you uh, the yacht you one? The, yeah, I've where, never uh, seen a single Mr. Beast. Oh. Yeah, he doesn't fuck with YouTube, dude. Well,
0: you Come should on. because uh, Pete Davidson and Tom Brady. Uh, Billion Dollar Yachts and Tom Brady. Tom Brady takes out a drone, what would you say, 40,
1: 50 yards Through. out in the ocean, just on a just a rope. My favorite thing, Randy, the video was a, what was it, a $100 yacht to a oh, b- one, billion
0: no, dollar. Oh, no, a $1 yacht that sunk when they got on it
1: <laughs> to a billion dollar you know, luxury cruise. To stuff. a country on the water. Yes, because literally, what there were like two malls, there was like an amphitheater. It was the biggest thing I've ever. It, it was freaking, right. it gave me anxiety to watch that. Yeah. I was like, this can't be real. Like, what happens if it sinks? What are you talking about? If the boat goes underwater. It's
0: a giant luxury cruise ship. Oh, too big to fail? Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're into. <laughs> You mean it. What is he going to do? Dude, it would be like Atlantis.
1: You'd find a whole fucking city underwater. Let me ask you this. Would you would you go on a cruise? No. I don't, I'm kind of scared of them. Why are you scared? I don't, they feel unnatural. <laughs> they feel gross. They feel unnatural. Like this shouldn't be a thing.
0: Yeah, but they it puts you on a schedule.
1: I don't. You're kind of trapped there with like... Be celebrities and shit. I it would give me anxiety. be celebrity. You don't have to go on
0: the uh, impractical jokers <laughs> cruise. You can. There are other cruises. Every every
1: cruise I see out there is themed. Yeah, <laughs> I know you really want to go on the L- L- limp biscuit cruise. No, there's always like Rat is headlining some metal cruise, oh, and I'm dude. like, dude, I can't do that. That'd be tight. They feel unnatural, and I think God frowns upon <laughs> cruises, dude. Well, you know how you should do a cruise. Oh no. Trauma. Oh, you know I'm on trauma. I'm, <laughs> the, I'm back in with trauma. The Lloyd Kaufman Cruz. Yeah, who would be on there though? James Gunn, <laughs> Charlie Band. I, I don't know. Um, wait, where were we, how do we get on this weird tangent? Oh, Mr. Beast. My favorite thing about that video was how he treated the celebrities. Because I'm sure you did what I did. We're like, is that Pete Davidson? Yeah, like he got nothing. Yeah, he didn't intro him or anything. No, and then they started throwing shit at a yacht, trying to get him to catch it. And then you're like, yep, yeah, that's Pete Davidson. Like there was, no, they didn't roll out the carpet or nothing. It actually <laughs> kind of felt like, like they were in uh, the privilege of Mr. Beast. I feel like
0: there may have been an introduction. But, like, with that guy, it's all about the editing.
1: I've watched a lot of theory on his editing.
0: And so I imagine, like, he has that down to a damn science. Yes, you don't need it.
1: So oh, it's like,
0: because everything moves so quickly in a mystery. B- like, do you remember the first one we saw? We didn't understand what was happening. Yeah. It, but you you have to get ingratiated into sort of that style.
1: I, um, I watched a video breakdown of his um, Win an Island video. And they, yeah. they pointed out in 25 seconds in that video, somebody was already eliminated. Yeah. And they're like, there is no fat dude. But also there's a lot of attention to emotional editing. It's also, something I'm trying to learn. It's very good.
0: And, uh, I mean the longest one is maybe what? 15 minutes.
1: No, they're long. He's got a couple long ones. Okay. Yeah. I think that, I think that Island one might be 30 minutes long. That's, that's it's long eternity for him. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like
0: it. Nope. because I, And also, you know, there's a, it probably covers six months. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Which he has done that. Uh, like, you know, he kept a guy in a house for a month or whatever. Three months. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that whole thing. Yeah, was, yeah, if you survive, you make a million dollars. Great. <laughs> okay. Mr. Beast, three stars.
1: Well, three stars. Come on. That's right. Do you subscribe? Of course. Yeah. You have to after that video as he <laughs> invited subscribers to come onto the yacht. The billion dollar yacht. Did you stick with the video that long?
0: Oh yeah, no, I watched yeah. the whole thing. Oh, no. There's, uh, I think there's.
1: It's hilarious uh, you watching that video. I felt weird watching it. We were cat sitting for my sister, and I put yeah. it on, and I was chilling with Cliff, no, and I'm I, like, I
0: keep up with Mr. Beast. I feel like I'm a little
1: too old, for this, maybe.
0: I'm keeping up with Mr. Beast, and uh, I don't know what. And Chris is now is Crystal Chris? Still
1: Chris? I, I don't know. I think that that context got edited out of the video. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, Gotta keep it trim.
0: It's wild times over there at Mr. B's headquarters. Yeah, but they roll. They just roll with it. Always. Yeah. Like no, a real friend sure.
1: group. It's just like, oh, okay. You want to do that now? That's fine. Yeah.
0: No, I, no, for Whatever. sure. Whatever. Yeah. But it's also like of how big that brand is. I was listening to a sports show in Mississippi. They're talking about Mr. B's. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, He's ubiquitous. And and I also think about it. It's like, you know, the degrees of separation is not that many. Like if you have a sports show, all right, who's on sports show? Men. Men who have children. Children are on the internet. Mr. Beast. There you go. He's cornered that market. 100%. Yeah. So
1: it it was great hearing them talk about Mr. Beast for 10 minutes. Yeah, I didn't see the blackening spiraling out into a Mr. Beast conversation. Well, that's
0: what you get
1: over here
0: at the Overlook Hour. All right. Uh, hopefully, we'll have an interview for you on Thursday. Uh, it's going to be a good one. Hopefully. Haven't, don't know yet because we haven't had that talk. Uh, it rain anything else for our listeners?
2: No, I'm just gonna uh go and uh support Mr. Beast and get a Mr. Beast burger and uh yeah, just hang out on the this good old three day weekend here. You got a three-day weekend? I do, yeah. We have Juneteenth yeah. off at work. Oh,
0: congratulations. Yeah, that's cool. My company does not celebrate that.
2: Yeah. <sighs> just
1: thought he was getting mad at me. He's like, Juneteenth, they gotta pay you double time then. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, it's, it's a federal holiday. They have to pay you. I'm like, dude, have you ever worked a regular job? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, really? I was like, because I've worked one in every industry, and they don't pay you shit on any holiday. and it's Unless text. it's their choice. They
0: tax the shit out of it. Yeah. Well, you
1: he was like, no, they have to. I'm like, no, they don't. Well, Randy, I hope
0: you enjoy your Juneteenth. What are you going to do?
2: Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Probably not a whole lot. I don't like being around people in general for the most part. So I might go out in the morning and then hide in my house by uh, noon or so. Watch a blackening.
0: Randy is always committing to the bit. Always. We'll see you next week.
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is.